You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Pain and suffering, that's what we know all too well here, certainly as of late, a part of the Charlotte Hornets. It's brought to you by rockauto.com. This episode is amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, and you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. Brutal weekend, despite us actually getting a win against the Indiana Pacers yep. in a comfortable way, where the Hornets, they bounce back nicely after what was just a god-awful loss to the Brooklyn Nets. The Celtics loss was technically the worst of the season if you go by margin of victory for the opposition, but that Brooklyn Nets, they look just as bad for a large portion of that game, and then they bounce back nicely without Malik Monk and, of course, without LaMelo Ball. Big-time win against a team they're competing with to get one of those play-in spots or maybe even an outright playoff spot. And then Gordon Hayward goes down and they suffer, as I mentioned, literally the worst loss of the season up in Boston. And it was pretty brutal to watch, certainly offensively. The Celtics, they win yesterday, 116 to 86. And not it's not the defeats that are the biggest problem for the Hornets here recently. It is the injuries. LaMelo Ball two weeks ago as of today. Um, or maybe even the day before, but two weeks as of today when everyone was talking about it, LaMelo Ball goes down with what we all think is going to be a season-ending injury. Either way, even if you're the most optimistic, he's going to be out for majority of what's left for the season. Then Malik Monk starts battling this ankle injury. He tries to give it a go. He's labeled as probable, misses a game as the probable label, but then comes back, and then finally he's done in in that Brooklyn game in the fourth quarter. He's out for weeks. Now Gordon Hayward, your $30 million a year man, he's out for a month and misses the first complete game with this right ankle sprain that he had. He's out for a month and he misses first game against Boston, not having a chance to face his former team. 44% of the team scoring, nearly half of the team's offensive output. It's gone and it's gone for a significant amount of time. Even when Malik Monk does come back, you're still without Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball. And this is a team that's only now not a half a game back from being a nine seed and being solidly in the play in tournament. And we'll see what these other two teams maybe uh, behind them even further can do. And the Hornets are kind of fighting for their life and just trying to tread water as best they can right now. A lot of bad things that took place via the guys that got hurt this past weekend and really within the past. Yeah, this was this was a bummer because that Pacers game made you feel like, okay, they could tread water without LaMelo and Malik and. They'll be fine. They'll be just fine. There's nothing to worry about. Then Gordon Hayward gets hurt in, in, this, in the second quarter of that Pacers game, and he doesn't come back, and then you're just like, oh, crap. Like, and, and, and the sad part is you knew it was bad when he, when he didn't even come out, where Miles Bridges is now back to playing the three. This team, I, I, I don't want to say they're screwed because, quite honestly, there's, this is the East and things are things can randomly happen. Things can randomly shift. I don't. I, I worry about this team, but at the same time, I don't worry to the point where they're going to 
miss the play-in at this point. They've done too much. Malik Monk will be back in two weeks. At this point, I'm probably going to assume that if they're anywhere close that or anywhere close to a six six seed, then Gordon's probably going to be back as well. I just the only person that you wonder about is LaMelo. So I'm not going to stress out too, too much. But at the same time, I've said enjoy the ride for quite a while. This is not the not fun part of the ride. And I'm and it's funny because uh, like literally after the Hayward injury, I put a poll out on Twitter and a whole bunch of you guys wanted to talk about the rest of the season rather than start focusing on the draft. I wonder how many of y'all are really into changing your minds after that, after this game, because you know what? I wouldn't blame you. Let's focus on the draft. But unfortunately, at this point, the Hornets have done too much in this early part of the season to actively be one of those teams that could actually get, you know, a half decent seed. So it's sad. It sucks. But at this point, it's just I'm not going to say next man up because you can't next man up 44 percent of your offense. You just hope to survive now. Just hope to survive and hope that Terry doesn't get hurt, because if that that happens, the season's over, period. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. And at that point, you're losing a, an unbelievable 70. amount of your offense. <laughs> Is that, probably be around, did you already no, do the math probably for that? About seventy. Oh, this is just a guess. You're probably about. You're you know, you're probably right about that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't question that if it was seventy percent. And Lamelo goes down. Somebody that had been playing so well for the Charlotte Hornets this year, and that was March twenty second was the first game that they played without Lamelo, and the Hornets go three and zero without ball in the lineup. They get some guys that are stepping up here and there with a Malik Monk and Devontae Graham was doing okay. The loss that they have in the next five games following uh, LaMelo's injury was an overtime loss to Phoenix and the Suns have been playing very well this season. So they go four and one with an overtime loss to a good team in the regular season. And that's what they did ever since the rookie of the year went out. And then you start to see Malik go down and then Gordon Hayward goes down and they have a couple of ugly losses in two of the next three contests that they have Brooklyn and Boston were both just so bad. They did have that nice bounce back game against Indiana, but the Pacers are dealing with their own problems right now. Either way, good on the Charlotte Hornets to take care of business. It's just too much. At some point it becomes too much nada. And look, we can have the guy who should step up conversation. We can get to that in the next break. But it's going to be tough as hell for the Hornets to try to find scoring with Malik, Gordon, and and LaMelo out. Terry is the last man standing when it comes to those the most offensively gifted. And, you know, PJ has his moments, but God, he hadn't had him lately, at least scoring the basketball. So we can talk about that a little bit more in just a moment's time. Real quickly, do want to mention Built Online AG as we often do. Bet, or Bet Online, excuse me, Built by Just oh, Combined, wow. two of our sponsors. So... Yes, build online is something that needs to happen, but I'm going to talk to you about bet online. It's the fastest way um, and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action with bet online. AG football might be over, but the NBA college basketball tonight and the NHL, they're all in full swing, but online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV. They've got you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Who are the guys that you do need to see more scoring from if 
if the Hornets can make the most of whatever this team looks like right now and whenever they're going to get some of these guys coming back, how are they able to stay afloat um, in the meantime? We'll talk about that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless, like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed, and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I, the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can follow the Locked On Today podcast and the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Nada, I know you don't want to say next man up, and I hear you, right? Like, yeah. I, I understand. It's not like you're going to say, okay, who can come in and be Gordon Hayward? Because there's no one on this team that can be Gordon Hayward. Who can come in and be a Malik Monk? I mean, not really anybody does the things that Malik can do, driving the basketball, finishing at the rim for his size, being so explosive in the backcourt and the ability to hit the three ball this season. He is kind of unique on this team in the backcourt in that regard, just basically because of his explosion and finishing at the rim. So you don't have guys that do specifically with what some of the players uh, that are currently absences right now. So it's going to be tough, but you can ask players to do more certainly than what they've been doing. And I think the first guy you look at is PJ. I Washington. knew this was coming. I do. I knew this. Was well, and you know, I love PJ. Well, look, I mean, not a offensively. I mean, it's pretty hard to defend what he's been doing recently, Fair. and it's just not been good, especially, you know, just even, even with the set shots that he's had, right? Like even if you, want to say you can't ask him to create opportunities for himself and put the ball on the deck. I hear you on that, but the three point percentage in the last three games, it's been 30%. You know, it's only, he's only gone two of five in one of the last four contests. We all know about the Phoenix suns game, which was just a God awful stat line on that end of the floor for him. And we've seen him be pretty inconsistent, pretty I don't want to say wildly, but he's man. He's it's been a roller coaster year for PJ this season. The overall numbers aren't bad. Yeah. We've talked about this quite a bit. You know, 38% from 3, 43% from the field isn't good. You certainly want to see that go up, but he's been better defending down low. I I do agree with you on that. I mean, hell, we were kind of championing that at the beginning of the season, but we need PJ to step up more offensively. Even if you think it's a cliché, he needs to start knocking down shots at a higher clip. And I think one of the things that's really hurt him, even with the three-point shot not being quite as there recently, man, it's the shots in the paint where he would give you some nights. They were just automatic yeah. over the left shoulder, you know, just hitting some shots that looked like there was a magnet where the basket was and the ball would just go strictly there. I mean, there were some really nice nights for him finishing at the rim and just posting up and you know, doing the mouse in the house type thing and taking advantage of that. And PJ hasn't even been hitting those types of shots. Injury might have been an excuse earlier. And when he came back, it was a little shaky. And then he started to get going again. He's been inconsistent, but the last six games shooting 29% not a, I, I don't think it's unfair to ask for him to hit at a higher clip and be better offensively for this See, team. I don't, again, I, I see that and I understand that. But I also understand that it probably comes at a cost 
because if we've looked at who's probably been the best defensive and rebounding center or allowing guys to seal and rebound, it's been PJ and it's not been close. Like the minutes, the, the small ball minutes that they can get away with with the Charlotte Hornets right now are the best at the, at, again, are best with PJ Washington at the five at this point. Where I, where I, at least I get concerned is okay, let's say he takes some of that focus away. So let's take, he takes some of that to focus on his offense. At what cost does that come to his defense and rebounding? Like, and granted, there are probably going to be those that are listening to this and saying, why can't he do both right now? And I don't have the answer for you on that. But <laughs> my concern becomes if this team is going to take these next steps. And granted, this is a dire situation where it's all hands on deck, and I'm using cliches left and right, Now I apologize for this. But if this is going to be like this, then I'm not sure that this can be fixed. You're you're missing your two best ball distributors, maybe even three with Malik. And at this point, you're asking guys to create offense on their own that really can't, or you're asking guys like Devontae Graham that are decent at creating offense for others, but as we've seen, only decent because LaMelo has shown us that it's a lot harder. He makes it look a lot easier to create offense than, than Devontae does at this point. I do, do I think that PJ needs to step up? Yes. I just want people to recognize that that may come at a cost on the defensive end. And that, that end probably matters more to the coach than we think at this point. No, and I no, and I get that. And, and as as crazy as it sounded to come in and try to defend him after that Phoenix game, I totally understood what you were talking about with him actually being pretty active on the defensive end of the floor. Um, but you know, you got to start hitting shots. And, and and I get that some of these slumps, and sometimes it's the make or miss league, right? Where sometimes shots just aren't falling, but you're doing everything, getting actually good open looks, and doing some nice things here and there. But I, I don't even know if PJ is is even looking in rhythm offensively here recently. There have been some times where I just kind of question what PJ is doing, the spacing. We've talked about you know his shyness from taking those three point shots a lot this year as well. I I just want PJ to look like he's in a rhythm again, and he's done that at times. But I, I just. PJ is somebody that I think you're going to have to look to to score the basketball more. I also think you have to look at Devonte a little bit Buddy. more as well because in this game against uh, the Indiana Pacers that they actually won wasn't good for him. You know, three of fifteen from the field for Devonte it wasn't good. You look against Boston in 27 minutes it was only four of eight, and this is somebody that really did show up for you offensively last year certainly in the first half. So I think Devonte is somebody that you have to look to. And I think PJ is someone that you can look to. And again, just like PJ, I think Devonte has shown some inconsistencies, but you know, it's really all about the three point shooting for Devonte. He's always going to have a, a rough time scoring inside the three point arc, but when the three point shots, not there, then you're only really relying on his offensive organizational skills and his ability to facilitate because he's still not. I mean, he's shooting 37% from the field this season, and he's also shooting 37% from three. If the three balls not falling, then offensively, he's, you know, it's going to be a rough night, and that continues to be a trend for him. Devante and PJ are the two guys I think you look to that says, okay, uh, we need to see the ball go in the basket for you. Yeah, no, Devante, like, 
The problem is with Devonta at this point, like, and I've said this, I thought LaMelo was in his head, and I might have been wrong about that. But what I'm pretty sure is definitely in his head is this contract year. And I do think that sometimes he presses. There's there's times where he goes rogue when he doesn't normally do that. And he, he's still trying to find his place in this team after he basically got his spot taken. And I do wonder if that's in his head. I do wonder if a lot of this is mental because a lot of it, again, this is not the Devontae that we even saw in the second half after teams were loading up for him. This is Devontae Graham that's just... Like, I keep saying he's just a passenger, and he can't be that. Like, if this team is to hit the heights that we thought that it was going to hit, probably, or at least that some thought that they were going to hit. I didn't. I never thought about that. But if this team was supposed to hit the heights that it was supposed to hit, it needed Devontae Graham to be more than just a passenger. And for right now, he's just a passenger. He's not hitting shots, but he's also... Like, defensively, he's been great. Defensively, he's probably been their best guard, to per se. But at the same time, I expect more because we've seen more from, from Devontae Graham at this point. And yeah, and no, that's we we have. I mean, we, yeah, we we have seen more from him, and it, it's again as far as the consistency goes. You really have to go back to the first half of last year for you to get a large sample size on him actually playing, you know, really well. And if you want to look at the advanced stats, and there was a lot of those kind of indicating, no, he's been better than you thought, right? Like it's been an interesting case study about what we've thought from some of these players with the advanced stats saying, yeah, Devonte's been awesome, but the eye test and the missed shots saying, yeah. You know, I, I'm not seeing what some of the analytics are pointing to. But now you're talking about no more than four field goals made from him in the last three games. You got to go back to Phoenix where he actually did step up quite a bit and hit seven threes. That was huge. And right off of the bat when Lamella was gone, uh, Devonte was somebody that you relied on a little bit offensively. He went 21, 16, 30 and 17 for his total point outputs. And since then, he hadn't scored more than 13. And again, the efficiency just hasn't been there. We can talk about some of the other players on the roster, what we expect from them going forward in just a moment's time. Do want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, Locked On NBA Drafts podcast as well. You can get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. We'll talk uh, a little bit more about the Hornets future coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. Lamelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can go there to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us? 
box so they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection. They have reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Also, want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. After Built Bar Madness, Coconut Brownie Chunk, it won the whole thing. We do want to remind you that it was a tournament of champions for sure because of all of the delicious flavors that they have. The 18 flavors that they have now with six a little bit more recently introduced on top of the 12 original like coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate. Go back to the classics. You don't have to just go to the March Madness winner. Go back to some of the classic flavors because they're healthy for you too. They have tons of protein. They're high in fiber. They're low in sugar. They're low in calories as well. And best of all, uh, they're all covered in 100% chocolate and they taste like a dessert. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, now when we talk about some of the individual performances this year, you know somebody that I don't want to change all that much? It's the pretty easy guy to guess. It's Miles yeah. Bridges. And like when we talk about, you know, clearly, you have to ask different things when three solid rotation players and, and even, you know, players you rely on pretty heavily in, in one aspect or another, when they're out, you need to try to find that production somewhere else in order to win or, you know, maybe ask for an increased role with what they already do, right? It, clearly, they're going to have to have guys play better with Malik, LaMelo, and Gordon all out for a significant amount of time. Miles Bridges would be the player that I would mo be most hesitant to ask to change what yes. he's doing it, b because, you know, Miles is someone that has, I think, really turned a corner this year. I don't know if you can say, yeah, he's completely arrived. I'm not saying that Miles has hit his ceiling because he can still work at what his role is and some of the minor things and, and, and you know, just continue to improve with the role that he already has. But the three-point percentage, he's shooting at a pretty good clip this season, 38%. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's been efficient. It's been on, I think, the correct amount of shots so far. He had a really good game against mm -hmm. Indiana. You know, he scored 23 points and really helped them in the absence of one Malik and, of course, Lamella, who had been out for and a took over for Gordon Hayward of time at that point. Too. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, and, you know, he's still shooting well at the line. He's not getting to the line a ton, but still shooting well at the line when he does go there. And I think just as much as PJ at the five is allows them to go small and not get torch. Well, they can still get torched defensively. We'd seen that this season, but PJ is more active and has that ability to defend at the five at his height at, at you know, pretty mm -hmm. damn well, you know, and he can pretend the he can protect the rim and we've seen PJ come up with a few block shots. My point being is that miles can do that too. You know, miles has pretty good recovery on some of these block shots and PJ does as well. I, I really like the role that Miles has played this season. I think he's been good in that role. If you want to ask him to expound and then just get better and better within the type of space carved out for him right now, then sure. You know, of course you want to do that for all NBA players. They all want to get better. I just don't want to ask him to put the ball on the deck, create a lot more for others, create a lot more for him, have to rely on him in a different way offensively more so because I, I think you would be getting maybe even less by Yes, absolutely. Him. I absolutely agree with that. Like, I am at the point where there are certain folks that I just don't want to expand because you're going to do more to hurt them than help them. He, uh, Miles Bridges is absolutely one. Jalen McDaniels, again, I hate to like diver, diverge this into someone else, but Jalen McDaniels is another because Jalen McDaniels 
He's going to have to play more. You're going to need somebody that can provide the spacing. And I just want somebody to tell that man, look, kid, you're going to be here next year. They're going to bring you back. You don't need to keep playing like you're on a 10-day because these turnovers are the only reason he doesn't play more. Because you can't justify putting him out there if he's going to turn the ball over every two or three possessions. Like, that's... like. I want him to just play within himself and he seems to not be able to do it yet. And I want like I want it so bad for him because at this point, he's the kind of guy that if he breaks out, he helps this team even when the guys that again, the Maliks, the Gordons, the Lamellos come back, he helps out in a way that very few can right now. Outside of that, like I don't like and and it's funny because John Hollinger put this joke out, and it's kind of scary, but it's kind of true. The Hornets being one and a half injuries away from Cody Zeller being the ball handler on pick and rolls. Like <laughs> we're we're, yeah. we're almost at that point. Like the again, we're a Terry. Honestly, we're a Terry injury away from Biz doing the, being the ball handler on the pick and roll. Whew. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to get somebody off of the street if it's if either that, that or Grant Riller. They're not going to ask. <laughs> Which shout out for yeah. Grant Riller because well, he got he finally got time this this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, big shout out to Grant. I know a lot of people have been wanting to see him, and you bring up an interesting point a little bit more so with Jalen because you know this team has been pretty good shooting the they they have shooters on this team. You know, Devonte, PJ, Miles, Terry, Gordon, and Malik. Uh, that that is a lot of good shooting percentages out there beyond the arc. It really is. It's a lot of capable shot making. And Jalen McDaniels has that too, as evidenced last season. But man, again, when three of those guys go down and Malik, who was going crazy, Gordon, who certainly has that ability. And uh, when you have uh, LaMelo, who really surprised us and what he was able to do from beyond the arc, that's a lot of shooting. And so how can you even replace that? McDaniels does have that ability. Can you try to find him some corner threes can you try to find him some ways to you know get some shots offensively and even defensively he's got something a, a lot of NBA players don't have that have the perimeter skill set that he does in that shooting and that's the size you know that that's a that's a tall dude that can go out there and, and play some three for you um I you know I, I've always been intrigued by Jalen you bring up a good point I want to see if that's a guy that has that chance to step up yeah. you know so you know PJ is somebody we talk about I th- he's he's not going to be an infrequent name thrown around from Charlotte Hornets fans. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see more from Miles and Devante is going to be a name thrown out a lot. I wonder how much Jalen can also be that guy that, okay, now you have an opportunity because we just can't go to anybody else yeah. right now. And if, if he can be somebody that knocks down shots, can defend, use his length at a high level, and I know he's been working on driving a lot more. He's been trying to work on putting the ball on the deck. Maybe you take a step back from that a little bit just to, again, play within his role that you were talking about, Nada. Then it should be interesting to see what uh, what Jalen McDaniels can yeah, do. One more, so one, it's going to be guy. rough. One Go more ahead, guy sure. I want to see. Because sure. at this point, if we're going to talk about guys stepping up, I'm looking at the rookie centers. Because if you're looking at Cody Zeller, who really didn't get that much time, against Indiana, really didn't get much time against Boston. Like, there's an opening there for either Richards or Carey, and there are going to be some practice days coming up. It's time to step up and see if you can contribute, or if not, then, yo, fall again, don't be surprised when one of them is the first one gone in a deal to for, for trade filler. 
Like, I'm expecting one of those guys to step up because at some point, like, if you're, they're not going to play Cody or Cody's hurt or something along the lines of that, there's something there. And I don't think you can go to the PJ at five well too, too much, especially when you're playing four games in seven days most weeks. So if that's going to happen, you're going to need one of these set centers to step up soon. Yeah, and you look at their schedule. They've got Oklahoma City next. It is that's on the a- road, but Oklahoma City, yeah, well... I don't know anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can feel comfortable about any win anymore. Oh, 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 oh that, no, that, no, that, no. OKC ain't even trying to win. So I feel. I know. They, I know. I'm still worried, but fair enough. Okay, fair enough. OKC is a game that certainly is winnable as much as any of these other games that they have. Then it's Milwaukee, Atlanta, who is kind of surging up the ladder right now. The Lakers, we have already gotten beat by them before. We know what it is with the defending champs. Then you have Cleveland after that, but then it's Brooklyn, Portland, uh, Portland New York, who is a, a playoff team as it stands right now. Chicago, who just made that trade. Who knows what kind of sample size they'll have, like how good they'll be in the sample size that they have with Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, it's going to be tough when you have those guys out where that's that'll be April 22nd when you play Chicago Mm -hmm. and that's when you're talking about two weeks out, you know, New York at April 20th, Chicago, April 22nd. That'll be about two weeks out. We'll see where Malik is at that point and you're still going to be missing Gordon Hayward for a significant amount of time when he does come back. You're talking about like what eight games or so left again against the Bulls May 6th. So I, yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. There was a lot of good vibes for the Charlotte Hornets for a long, long time this season. And they seem to have come to an end because of all of the injuries that they suffered in really a two week window. That'll do it for the lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks again for joining us on the lockdown podcast network. Thanks again to built bar rockauto.com. All of our sponsors tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of lockdown NBA or Hollinger and Duncan really any show on the network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.